You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. What's going on, Kingdom City family? It is so good to be with you here right now. My name is Blake, and I'm part of the team here at Kingdom City, representing Kingdom City, Botswana. What's up? How are you doing? Guys, we got to talk because God is moving. Vision is happening. It's the beginning of the year. We just had Vision Sunday. Pastor Mark is sharing vision. Things are being awakened. Identity is being established. You're seeing things, you know. Remember, we want to see the good. We want to see the unseen. We want to see beyond. So we're seeing stuff. But it's interesting that in seasons of vision and identity being established, I've always seen the enemy do some of his greatest attacks. So I want to highlight what may be happening in your world, and I want to bring you some peace and some encouragement right now. Together today, we're going to have an embassy moment. Write that down if you're taking notes. It's the title of my message, Embassy Moments. And let me break this down for you. See, first of all, let's get some ground rules. Let's understand who are we as children of God. Well, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this, But you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. See, that's identity being established right there. And here's where the vision comes in. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. I have the privilege to broadcast with you right now, whether you're watching alone or with friends or in a room or a tablet or a TV, we're having a moment and God's desire for you is to broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Let me give you another verse. Go with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. And this one says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Guys, we are citizens. We're kings and priests. This is establishing who we are. This is establishing our identity. It's establishing establishing our citizenship. And you know, if I'm a citizen, if I've got an identity, if I've got a homeland, I probably got a passport. Well, see, here's mine right here. But let me tell you a story how I got this passport. See, this week right now is very significant. It was exactly four years ago this week that I was full of vision and excitement. And the enemy hit me with one of the greatest attacks on me and my marriage that ever happened. We had just touched down in Botswana. It was March 2017. We're excited about what God was going to do, freshly experiencing this nation that was going to be our home and the church that we had the privilege to broadcast in and see God do some stuff. We were on a street, minding our own business, went to a cafe like a bonehead, though. I left the driver's side window of the car down. And ladies and gentlemen, there was a backpack in the car and I messed up. And we went into this coffee shop. We were literally there for less than 10 minutes. And guys, in that 10 minute window, someone came, stole a bag and the camera footage we saw later, the dude didn't even run, he walked away. And in that bag was iPads, devices, my wallet, my wife's wallet, all our bank cards, and most importantly, all five of our passports. Mine, my wife's, and my three kids. Stolen in a moment. What was a day of vision and excitement became a day of confusion, became a day of shock, 
became a day of loss, became a day of doubt, became a day of fear. And I just feel right now there's some people out there. And as you're watching this, God, he wants to wake you up. He wants to get you back because there's a destiny. There's a purpose. There's a calling on your life. But the enemy is doing everything he can to rob you of your identity, to rob you of your vision, to rob you of who you are. And I'm telling you, it happened to me because think about it. What does this passport do? See, it's me. I feel like this passport represents our identity and our vision. This tells me who I am tells me where I'm from, tells me what I can do, where I can go, what are my rights and privileges are attached to this passport. And if I lose this, I can't prove any of those things. See, the moment our passports were stolen, even though we had flights booked and things happened, everything stopped, everything was delayed. We were stuck for a season until we could get these back. And this is what the enemy wants to do because see, God has a plan for you. God has an identity for you. God has a future. He's got a vision for you. He's got this for you. He's got a flight book. See, because of Jesus Christ, because of his death and resurrection on the cross, your flight has been booked. See, the person that robbed us that day didn't steal our plane tickets. He couldn't take those. The journey had been booked. The itinerary was set. The tickets had already been paid for. He can't mess with the journey, but he could attack our identity. He could attack our passport. And he delayed us from the journey that we were meant to be on. See, ladies and gentlemen, you've got a call. You have a purpose. You have an identity. There's no if. It's a guarantee. God has something for you. Before you were born, I knew you, says the Lord. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope in the future. So there's no if. It's a guarantee. But what the devil can do is delay you getting there by attacking your identity and by attacking your vision. See, since I was 12 years old, I knew there was a call in my life. God radically encountered me in my mother's bedroom. I saw angels. I had, saw vision. I saw people. The encounter was there. The, the, that's when the flight was booked in a sense. But that didn't stop me from 10 years later ending up in a drug rehab for 13 months. It didn't stop the enemy from doing everything he could to delay my destiny by robbing me of my dignity, uh, by my purpose through family, through friends, even through actions that I did. See, the devil knew if I could get on the plane, I was going to make a difference in this world. So he had to attack this to keep me from getting there. And that's what I feel he's doing right now. The enemy is terrified of you walking in your calling, of you walking in your purpose. He thought he had you in 2020 and now it's a new year and he's trying some of the same old tricks again, but I want to expose the enemy today and encourage your spirit. We are going to have an embassy moment and you are going to get everything back and then some in the name of Jesus. Let me expose some of the ways the enemy will do this. See, he'll try to get you to think your identity and vision isn't good enough like he did with Eve. Do you realize in the Garden of Eden that it wasn't the fruit that he attacked, but it was Eve's identity? It was her vision? See, he said, no, 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 if you eat the fruit, you'll be like God. You'll think like he thinks. Basically what the devil was saying is who you are isn't good enough. So eat this fruit so you can be like someone else. And we know what happened to that story. Maybe the devil's trying to convince you that you have no identity and vision at all like he did with Gideon. You know, Judges chapter six, my man Gideon, who the original 300s, who saved all of Israel. But when God showed up in Gideon's life, and said, hey, what's up, mighty warrior? Gideon said, mighty who? 
I'm the weakest of the weakest. I'm from the weakest clan in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. That's what Gideon said. Isn't it interesting that when God tries to show up to give you vision, sometimes you argue with him and try to remind him of who you're not? See, I love what God is doing because he's waking up purpose and identity in some people, but he's gonna try to attack you and make you think that you don't have anything going on. Or maybe the devil will use family and friends close to you to rob you of your identity like he did with Esau. Remember Esau had the birthright. He was the firstborn and his own brother, his own flesh and blood stole his birthright, made him trade it badly just for a bowl of soup. See, some of us, we have an identity and a purpose, but it was attacked by those who should have loved us the most. Maybe your father and your mother are the reason that you don't know who you are. Maybe it was family or friends close to you that attacked your identity. See, sometimes the worst can happen by those who should love us the most. Or maybe the devil will use the pressure of this world to get you to reject your identity like he did with the rich young ruler. Remember the dude who came to Jesus? What must I do to be saved? This guy was coming to Jesus to find out who he really was. Jesus gave him an invitation, but he turned down the Messiah because he was too caught up on what he thought he was. See, sometimes the enemy will rob you of who you really are with good things, with distractions. And all of these, you end up with a counterfeit identity. You end up with a counterfeit password. You end up with a fake that's not as good as the original. That fake identity might get you by here and there, but ultimately you're never gonna get where you're supposed to go. See, for me, it's time to have an embassy moment. It's time to get it all back. And what do I say? Why do I keep on saying embassy? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the only way to get a new passport is to go to the country of origin or to go to the nearest embassy. And think about it, we know that there's no elevator that gets us straight to heaven. So in the meantime, we need to get to an embassy. How as children of God though, how do we get to our embassies? Since we can't go directly to heaven to reinstate ourselves, how do we get this thing back? How do we get our identity? Ladies and gentlemen, it is through an encounter with God. See, in new seasons, there will be new attacks sometimes. But for every season where there's an attack, God has given you the ability wherever you are to have an encounter with Him, to have an embassy moment with Him and to get it all back. Let me break it down for you. See, after those moments of us getting our passports and everything stolen, we had to make a choice. We had to make a move. We had to do something. I couldn't stay at the scene of the crime. I couldn't stay in trauma. There was a minute where about 10 minutes, I just paced around thinking that, oh my gosh, maybe they're gonna come back. Maybe I lost them. I was in a daze and there was a moment where I was stuck at the scene of the crime. And I've got a word for somebody out there. You've got to leave the scene of the crime. You can't stay in the place where family hurts you. You can't stay in the place where that relationship broke you. You can't stay in the place where that failure marked you. You can't stay in the place where that person labeled you. You can't stay at the scene of the crime. You've got to make a move. And so we ended up going to the American embassy that luckily there was one in Botswana. And you know what the crazy thing was? It was, I'd never been in an embassy before, but I was in Botswana one second, but the moment I went through all the gates and security and check-ins, guys, it was like I was in America. It looked American, felt American. 
it smelt American. People with American voices that I never, they're like, hey, how you doing? Like on the outside, it was Dumela. You know, inside, it was like, yo, what's up? Hey, good morning. Hi. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Am I still in Botswana? What is happening here? But guys, it was crazy. The values of America were on the walls. The flag was waving. It, they gave me a direct phone line to get back to them easy. And then I found out how embassies work. I was still in Botswana. But legally, the moment I set foot into that embassy, I was on American soil. See, it blew my mind that the moment you enter an embassy, you are no longer in the land you came from. You are in the land that embassy represents. And ladies and gentlemen, heaven is our country of origin. And an encounter with God corporately or personally is your nearest embassy. Your room, wherever you're watching this right now, that can be your embassy moment right now. An encounter with God is all you need to get back to where you are supposed to be. See, when you encounter God, legally you are in heaven regardless of the situation that you are in. See, when an encounter happens, the rules no longer apply. The moment I walked into that embassy, the laws of Botswana did not apply. I was on American soil, so it was American laws where I was. See, the moment you encounter God, the rules change. See, I was still in the nation that caused me harm, yet I was in a new place getting my identity reinstated. Ladies and gentlemen, when you understand that when you go into the throne room, when you go into the presence, when you encounter God, when you see him move, when you see my Jesus, when you see the Lord, when you feel that presence, when you're in that worship, the rules don't apply. You could still be in the middle of the pain, but the moment you walk into your embassy, the glory of restoration is there. You could still be in the middle of loss, but the moment you walk into your embassy, God begins to fight your battles. You could still be in the middle of that sickness, but when you walk into your embassy, healing begins to flow and move. Everything that was happening around you that is contrary to God no longer applies when you enter into your embassy and God wants to get someone back to where they need to be right now. And I need to wake this thing up. See, this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 that says, may your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, when you encounter your God, when you worship, when you pray, when you get in his presence, when you make those moves, you bring heaven down. But let's take this thing practical. How do we actually do this? How do we access our embassy? I got four simple steps for you that you can put into practice now so that wherever you are, wherever your passport has been attacked, wherever your identity has been stolen, wherever your vision has been hindered, if you follow these four steps, God will get you back. See, number one, positive position. Like I said, I couldn't stay at the scene of the crime. I had to get to where I needed to go. I had to position myself to be in a place where God could move. And some of you, you've positioned yourself in Kingdom City. You positioned yourself in a connect group. You positioned yourself in Greenhouse. You've positioned yourself to make some things happen because you know that if you stay where you were, you're going to be stuck there. But if you get to a new place, if you position yourself, just maybe you can create a room for God to do some stuff. Number two, it's going to take persistent patience. So number one, positive position. Number two, persistent patience. Guys, it wasn't easy and it wasn't instant. 
It took me some time to get them passports back. I had to wait in some lines. I had to sit in some rooms. I had to fill out some paperwork. There were some things I had to do, and it was a process in order for me to get my citizenship reinstated. This is not a quick fix. This is not a magic pill. This is a process. And some of us, we, we think, cool, I position myself, so God just fix everything right now. It doesn't always work like that. But if you will be persistently patient, if you won't give up, I promise you, God will begin to move. So number one, positive position. Number two, persistent patience. Number three, paying a price. Guys, them passports was not free. I had to pay a price to get them all back. It cost me something. There was a sacrifice incurred, but nothing comes without sacrifice. We shouldn't want to come to our God without a sacrifice because he's good, because he's worthy. And if you realize that he is the one that can get it all back, why would you not want to pay a price for him? See, the rich young ruler didn't want to pay a price. He wanted God. He wanted to follow Jesus. But the moment Jesus said, hey, sell all your things, give it to the poor, surrender your identity, surrender your false identity, that was going to cost the rich young ruler. And he didn't want to pay that price, so he walked away. But if I can positively position myself, if I can be persistently patient, if I can pay a price, I will receive the prophetic promise. See, this is a promise. This is a promise made by the U.S. government that they will uphold my rights, my privileges, and my access and my identity as a citizen of this nation. See, you will receive a promise. It's going to take some time, but God will move. If you positively position yourself, God, let me start serving. Let me get out of complacency. Let me get around some good people. Let me be persistent. Let me take some time. Let me go through healing. Let me go through recovery. Let me go through discipleship. And if you're willing to sacrifice, to put the work in, to read, to pray, to serve, to go above and beyond. This is why I'm so proud of our greenhouse students globally all around the world. You are paying a price to see God move in your world. Discipleship is going to cost you something, but if you do it, you will see God move. And when this all happens, you will receive your prophetic promise. And I can remember the day when the embassy called me and they said, sir, please come here. We have your passport and it is here for you right now. And you know, the cool thing was, my original passport that was stolen expired in 2020. The new one they got me was even better and they added 10 extra years on to see God didn't just restore, he extended, he blessed me beyond. If you will get some faith today and if you will position yourself, not only will you get back what you think was stolen from you, you will get even better, you will get even more. You have no idea who you are but and what God is gonna wake up in you. But when you do it, God will take you to new places you never even thought possible. See, I want to read this verse over you from Revelations chapter 2, verse 17. It didn't make sense to me, but this message is speaking to me, and I want to read it to you. Revelation chapter 2, verse 17 says this, Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that's been hidden away in heaven. That, that's knowledge, that's understanding. And check this out. And I will give to each one a white stone and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. You will receive a new name. This is an encounter. This is an embassy moment. 
you will get your identity back. You will get your vision back. You will get your understanding back. If you are ready to encounter your God, to enter your embassy, He will move. And we see it all through the Bible. There was moments where an encounter with God changed the name, changed an identity. Saul became Paul. Abram became Abraham. Jacob became Israel. Benoni became Benjamin. There are people in the Bible where their old names had natures attached, like we've learned in the last few weeks. And those natures were going to send them certain directions. But God came in with an encounter, with the embassy moment, and he changed their names. And ladies and gentlemen, I am so grateful to God that he not only changed my name, I didn't just get a new passport back. I got a new identity. I got a new lease on life. That delay ended up having a stand Botswana until Easter. And on Easter Sunday, God moved. And that delay, that attack confirmed that this was where we were supposed to be for this. This is where we were called to be. And I'm telling you, God is going to move. Are you ready for your embassy moment? Let's worship right now. Lean in, stand to your feet, kneel, do whatever you got to do. But God is about to encounter you right now. Come on, let's worship and let's lean in together right now. I'm desperate for your presence. I long to be with you.
Praise God. Guys, I'm so glad that God is moving in this place. I'm telling you, I could feel it right now. And I honestly believe after this, you should probably put some worship music on, maybe soak for a while, replay the message, do what you got to do, but get your encounter and go into your embassy. Get what you need to get from God, because there's some things that I feel, some doubts that are going to be erased and some hope that's going to be restored. But step one, maybe there's someone out there and you feel like, you know what? I don't even know if I have access to this embassy. Am I really a citizen? Am I a child of God? Well, maybe you're coming here today for the first time. Maybe someone sent you the link or invited you over their room and this is new for you. Or maybe you know that, man, you prayed the prayer a long time ago, but you feel distant. You feel far away from God and you know that this is a season to recommit your life to the Lord. I want you to pray this prayer with me and we're going to make sure that we know that we know that we know that we are children of God, that we are citizens of heaven. So let's pray together. Let's just say this together. Can we just say, dear God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, come into my life right now. Wash me clean, make me new, restore my identity, restore my vision. Help me see who I am and what you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.